0: Hello and welcome to the Swift Coders Podcast, where each week we interview an amazing Swift developer about their experience with Apple's new open-source programming language. We hear their stories, learn their tips and tricks, and try to leave you feeling inspired and empowered on your Swift Coder journey. I'm your host, Garrick, and today's guest is Radek Pietruszewski. Radek is, and I quote, a software writer, proud generalist, and he's been poking the box since 1995. Do you even swift? Welcome to the show, Radek. Uh
1: Well, I'm, I'm happy to be here. <laughs>
0: I'm glad, I'm glad. I'm happy to be here too. Thank you so much for coming on. And uh, yeah, it's great. Where are you right now?
1: Uh, I'm in Poland, uh, at a city called Torun. To- to- Torun? Yeah.
0: Okay, I've never been to Europe before. I can't wait to go. Uh, I should probably come to Poland, right? If I come to Poland, will you show me around? Sure. Oh, man, that sounds like fun. Okay, so I'm in Los Angeles. It's actually kind of overcast today. It says it's 64 and cloudy. What's the weather like in Poland right now?
1: Uh, it's 11 degrees centigrade, so it's not very warm. It's been much warmer over mass, most of the week, but today it's been raining.
0: Oh, and you're nine hours, I believe, ahead. So it's 9 a.m. Yes. for me. It's what, like 5 or 6 for you? It's,
1: it's 6,
0: 6.03. Nice. Well, thank you for spending your Sunday evening with us. Uh, we're really excited to talk to you. Oh, my Sunday morning. <laughs> Feeling good. All right. So a little bit of background on how Radek and I met. Technically... We've never met in person. It's the first time we've talked over the wire. But we have a little storied past, actually. If mm. you go back to episode three, Yareev uh, Nassim, he mentioned Raddick um, because in the recent tweet, he had, I think, retweeted radic or, or said something, maybe uh, replied to radic or something. So his name came up. We talked about whatever that conversation was. I can't remember. Then... Through the just Twitter sphere, I'm doing my thing, and I see Just Dave, who you recall from maybe, I don't know, episode 10 or something, mm-hmm. uh, he posted something about, you know, through, for his public extension thing, about, like, subscripting, if you wanted to kind of create, I think it was a subscript on NS user Defaults, And Exactly. Right, okay. So then uh, I see that, and Radek mentioned something um, to, to Just Dave, where, you know, how we sometimes we're on Twitter, we're just kind of going really fast, and... and and Radek is just like you know what there's actually a better solution. It happens to be my solution, um, and and I, I kind of I'm a sensitive guy you know and I'm like oh it's just Dave like I actually like like Radek's solution seems really hard. I can't understand it because I'm new. But yours I kind of understand. Like, uh, can you talk a little bit more about it? And so just Dave and I have a conversation and he en- ends up coming on the show right. But we mention. Raddick on the show. And then what happened, Raddick? Somehow you got like got wind of that or something, right?
1: Yeah. A, a, a friend uh, tweeted me like, hey, you should check out this podcast. I, I think you'll like what you hear at at uh, three minutes in. So <laughs> I, I listened to it and I'm like, oh, 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 what did I do? <laughs> so I I, I I I dug up the original tweet and I, I remembered it. I was like, oh no, that that really did sound mean. I, I didn't mean that. It was just like I, I made a reply and and like I I thought that wow, th- th- it's it's nice you're going in the right direction, but I think there's a better solution, but it's hard to convey in in one hundred forty characters, and I didn't do a good job of that, and it just came out like pretty mean. Oh man,
0: but you know what I think is great is that you and I are now here talking. Yes. Uh, and that we can create the community that we want to be a part of every minute, every time, every second, you know, and so that's fine. Like in that Twitter moment, we've all been there. You know, we just kind of say something, but then we reflect on it and we're like, oh, you know what? I probably could have done that better. And we reach out to each other and we, you know, we throw some smiley faces. We throw some you know, heart emojis and it's all good. And now you and I are here and we're on the podcast together and we're moving forward.
1: Exactly, yeah. And
0: ultimately, it wasn't that like big of a deal, but it brought us together. So that's what's awesome.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> All right, cool. So wow, phew. I'm glad we got that out of the way. <laughs> 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 so, uh, anywho, I want to get into who Radic is. So, yeah, your Twitter bio says a lot of interesting stuff uh-huh. on there. Can you explain some of that? Like, who is Radic? What are you up to? What are you working on right now?
1: Okay, so remind me of what my
0: Twitter bio says. Uh, it says a software writer, uh-huh. proud generalist, uh-huh. been poking the box since nineteen ninety five. Do you even Swift? It says <laughs> uh, Nobes no at Nobes. I think is the Nozbe, the yeah. app. Yeah, Nobesb. Yeah. Um, a whole bunch of yeah, a Tada app, uh, the podcast FM, and Radix underscore io. I guess you have another Twitter word. Oh, and then you also have your website Radix.io
1: yeah exactly that the twitter is just a feed for for my website uh so yeah software writer well i write software i i make things and i i just i like the phrase software writer because it's it's not like it's not really engineering uh, not for me i i don't i don't make kernel software i i make things and i i care about the writing part of it like uh you know stupid stuff like uh, naming things and, and just how you express your intention, your code so that you get it later. So it's kind of like writing as if you were writing, you want to write clear articles and I want to write clear code. So, um, uh, so for writer, almost like a
0: novelist in a way, or is it more <laughs> like a, more like an investigative reporter or, or like a, like you said, an article writer versus a novelist yeah. or what would you say somewhere in between or?
1: Well, I I don't know, Uh, definitely seems that the the results might be more practical, utilitarian than a novel, but uh, yeah.
0: I see what you mean though, like, uh, but like almost like art, like an artist in a way, like a software writer, like, because a writer, that's like an artist kind of, is that sort of...
1: Kind of, kind of, yeah.
0: And I know what you mean by the intent, because like you go back and you're like, wait, what was I, what was I trying to do here? But Mm -hmm. if you are a good writer you know, you might be able to understand your intent later, or you should be able to understand your intent. Exactly. There's this
1: great quote from, um, the structure interpretation of, of computer programs. I might be messing up the name, but it says something like, um, programs. Oh man, let let me Google that. Okay. (sighs) Yeah. Go for it. Um, I always forget that, but I love this quote.
0: Yeah, please go ahead.
1: Programs must be written for people to read and only incidentally for computers to execute. And I just love this quote, right? Like, Interesting. Uh, the computer can understand your assembly, but you wouldn't, right? You, right? you write code such that the computer has to understand it, uh, but hopefully you're going to maintain it for a long time if it, it's something worthwhile. So... Writing code isn't just making something functional. It's also communication communication to to yourself in the future and to other programmers if you work on a team, right? So you, you have to communicate uh, the intent of what you mean by different things, and you do it with the structure. With you do it with the naming, with uh, documentation, you know, with comments, with uh, the the st- structures you use to um, to to just express your function body, stuff like that. And yeah, I I just, you know, I I care about this stuff. I love that. I'm going to be keeping that in the
0: back of my mind. I mean, I think I've been trying to do that, but because uh, I've, you know, over the last like year, year and a half, just been more focused on, man, let me just understand this stuff. Let me just get it. But now that I'm kind of beyond that and I can start to really refine, uh, you know, my skill, my craft, right. I'm going to keep that in mind.
1: Right. But uh, this is normal. This, this, uh, this takes time. And you know with programming, I guess it's like when you look at your code from two years ago um if you're not embarrassed, then you probably haven't learned that much uh in a while so it's normal how I- if you're working maybe on on the on the same project more or less for a long time, you see your past mistakes and and with every iteration uh even if you're expressing more or less the same thing, you just get closer closer to to the core to to that kind of art of expressing programs because you, you, you learn with, uh, with experience, how to do that best, how to communicate your intent and also build, uh, you know, reliable, fast programs.
0: Yeah. It makes me want to dig up one of my old projects. So I, I need to, you know, I've been trying to launch this thing for a while, but, uh, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to dig that thing up and kind of yeah, i have already rewritten it a couple times, you know, maybe I'll rewrite it for a third, fourth time. Yeah. Okay. So the next one is proud
1: generalist. What about that? Okay, so I guess that's that's kind of related like uh, my I consider myself a programmer a software writer um but im kind of my personality is that i i like to wear many hats, I like to be at the intersection of of different things you know my 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 main job my main work might be programming, but I care about design, I care about business, I care about all of these things which are around uh, my main craft um, and it just, it suits me, my, the way my brain works, uh, I, I like these different challenges and learn these uh, different things and even though I'm still mostly a programmer, I, I truly believe that it makes me better at programming because I can I can get those things, these different requirements, these different aspects of the final product right so that's why you know i'm i'm not a specialist i'm i'm not an an, an expert uh, at anything i'm at, at a at a one very narrow but uh at the one very narrow um topic but with very deep knowledge it's more like yeah i'm i try to be the best programmer i can be but i'm interested in the broad spectrum of my craft yeah
0: i definitely relate to that especially you know, I want to be a very good programmer. At least for now, this is new to me. You know, but it's—I've never felt like this before. I finally feel like I found something that I just want to be the best at, and I feel like I can be the best at it if I give myself enough time, if I'm patient and I work hard at it. But I am just like you in the sense I love all the other aspects: uh, design, business, product, interacting with people. Uh, the community aspect the the social aspect the 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 four out you know external facing right like talking about your mm-hmm. product or whatever to other people um, but at the same time with most of my energy I want to focus on the programming because that's I feel like that's where I can make the biggest impact but I definitely relate to that in, in terms of being a proud generalist I mean I think the Renaissance man, the master of none, um, right? The jack of all trades, master of none. It's been right. pretty popular, but it sounds like you you do focus on being a good programmer. But you're you have this other, you have this ability and this interest to wear these other hats. Because I mean, from looking Definitely. at you, you seem like you're an amazing programmer.
1: <laughs> I try.
0: Right on. Okay, so what about poking the box since
1: 1995? Uh, poking the box because again, I I like to. Poke the box, um, try new the, things. That's the computer, I assume, right? Ah, uh, that's that's anything, you know. You oh, okay. you you live in the box and you you poke at it and see what happens, you know. You okay. you try new things and and learn through that. And okay, and then 1995 is that? Um, that's the year I was born. I'm I'm 21. Yeah,
0: right? Oh my gosh! Congratulations, <laughs> you're 21. Well, in America, in well, actually, California. Maybe other states you could drink when you're younger. Anyways, if you were here in California, that means you could drink. Well... no,
1: no. It's it's going to be in October.
0: Okay. So you're almost 21. I'm almost 21. Okay. So when I saw 1995, I thought maybe like that's when you picked up programming. (laughs) Uh, Now, I'm about to say something. Don't take it the wrong way. You don't look like, you know, you're older, but you seem like you carry at least from... I've only seen you on Twitter in like Mm -hmm. one um, video right this the swift summit which we can get into mm-hmm. you seem like i don't know i don't know you seem like you've been doing it a long time so good for you that's awesome man i would not have guessed that you were 21
1: yeah not that it matters
0: that, but you know yeah exactly okay so the next is Nobs. i think it was called how do you pronounce it nobesy uh Noseby. Noseby. what's that
1: uh that's my job <laughs> okay cool what do you do there okay so uh what i do here um the caretaker of iOS and Mac and sometimes watch os. I'm just a kind of um Apple technologies department, I guess. <laughs> what is Nobsy? No Nobsey.
0: Nosby. Um, Nosby. Nosby. I'm so bad with pronunciation <laughs> today. What's Nosby?
1: Um it's a an app, a a product, a system that helps um busy people and teams to um to take care of their stuff, to get stuff done, to collaborate—you uh, could call it a a task or a project management tool, but that might sound too enterprisey. Okay, so is it uh,
0: kind of like Basecamp, sort of?
1: Yeah, a different approach and how it's implemented, but it does pretty much the same job. Yes.
0: So, when you say you're the caretaker, did you inherit the the project, or did you build it from scratch?
1: Um, yeah. So it, it's a it's a Kind of difficult story. Well, maybe not difficult, but uh, it's like th- the product is um, it's a kind of product that has to be kind of on all platforms. Okay. Um, and so we're on iOS and Mac, and we're on the web. We're on Android and Windows. Um, but we're a small team, and especially when when this app, this version of this app started, the the team was tiny. So it really started out as uh, a web app and it continues to be this way mostly, right? So I kind of have to work with that. And so the core of the app is based on JavaScript and I work on top of that to bring something that feels as native as possible.
0: Okay, cool. So is that company located in Poland or?
1: Well, located in—I don't know if it's located in Poland. It is a Polish company. Okay. Um Are you guys a distributed team? Exactly. We're we're remote. Um, we're all all yeah. We're all from Poland. Uh, we don't all live in Poland. Uh, we're spread out across the whole country and uh, whole of uh, and all of Europe. And there's a few people outside of Europe too. Uh, and so yeah, you you couldn't say we're located in Poland. We we don't have a physical office. Okay, yeah.
0: so w- I want to talk about how you got to where you are. So it sounds like uh, Nozbe, Nozbe yes, is, okay, that's sort of what you're working on now mo- mostly, right? Like that's your day job, you work on that mostly. Mm-hmm. But I want to find out like how you got to where you are. I mean, did you start in iOS or did you start programming in, in another language? Or did you go to school for programming? Mm-hmm. When did you start?
1: Oh, I saw a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think it was like two thousand and six, something around that time. I think. How old were you? Eleven. Uh, okay. Yeah, my I have an, an older brother, and at the time, like, um, he was in like late in high school, and he had some basic programming stuff at school. So, so there 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 were some there was this this app which was like a, a WYSIWYG, html editor and you know we had a shared computer and i i discovered the app and i played with it and i thought wow that's cool you know and so i kind of by accident discovered this world of talking to computers and it started just with that you know html uh then css then i picked up some php and started um you know actual programming um with web development and for for quite some time, I've, I've been just playing around just in my spare time while I was at school um, doing web apps. Uh, nothing serious, really, just just playing around and kind of honing my general programming skills, I guess. And then 2009, I think, I got my first Mac. And not that long after that, I, I kind of got interested in, well, I have this cool Mac and wouldn't be cool if I could make my own apps for it. Mm -hmm. So I started playing with not iOS, but Mac development, actually. And at first just, you know, just playing around, nothing serious, nothing, um, you know, no real projects. And then uh, in 2012, I made this app called Tadam. Uh, It's on Mac App Store still. Uh, And it's essentially like a a little tool, a little productivity tool uh, I made for myself. Um, and I, I knew this guy in the internet, his name is Michael Slewinski, Okay. And I knew that like, he's a Mac user and he's a blogger. He blogs about productivity. And so I thought I'll just shoot him an email and tell him about my app and maybe he'll like it. Maybe he'll share it on his blog, share some, um, you know, promo codes or whatever, make some money off of that. Uh, and he did, and it didn't much matter, really. Uh, didn't make a dent with my app. But it just so happened that at a time... Oh, and, and Michael, he is the CEO of Nosby. Oh, okay, cool. So that was like close to four years ago. And, you know, he he did what I hoped for, but what he <laughs> needed was a Mac developer. Just like I I I wrote to him just at the right time when they didn't have any Mac people on staff and they needed some help with Mac App Store stuff because some technology broke and had to be rewritten, uh, like some custom code so that uh, the app, uh, you can submit it with the new um, sandboxing requirement, something like that. And so okay. I was there and started doing uh, little projects for Nosby, And then with time, I switched to... Um, part-time, and then I'm almost full-time. That's awesome.
0: Like yeah. a little bit of serendipity right there, right? You just, yes. you message him for one reason, but it turned out, you know, hooking you up in another. That's yeah. great. That's why I tell everybody, just put yourself out there. Yes. You know, you can't contemplate like all the different things that might happen, uh, you know, like why you might want to do something. Just put yourself out there and like really awesome things will happen. So I want to get back to the beginning of your story. You mentioned your brother. Can you mm-hmm. explain the significance of that again?
1: Well, um, the significance... You said that
0: he had a computer or, or he was programming?
1: Yeah, we had a, a shared computer. Uh, we had one computer at, at home at the time. Okay. Um, he was a, he's eight years older than me. And he, he had some programming classes uh, in high school. And for him, it, it never went anywhere, really. It's just a, a thing he did at school for a while. And then he went on to do some other things. Um, but for me, like, because we shared a computer and he did that and he had this, this program on our computer, I discovered that. And, and awesome. that got me hooked.
0: Do you know how he got into it? Was it through school?
1: Yeah, it it was for school. I I, I believe he just had some, uh, some programming classes. It's it's pretty standard in in most schools in Poland to to have some, uh, some like just basic, super basic programming, maybe some HTML, whatever. But uh, that's
0: good. Yeah. So what? Because I mean, I don't know. When I was in school, it was like we had computer typing, and then like maybe there was like a programming class, but they didn't require it or anything. But I think it should be required these days.
1: Yeah, probably maybe. Um it I I don't think I don't think in in Poland it's it's like everybody all schools have that. Um but I, I know at least uh the middle school and high school I went to uh just had that standard just a little bit of exposure to programming and just talking to computers. Nothing serious but but just enough to to, to show kids that, hey, uh, you can talk to a computer.
0: Yeah, it's so good. It's so good. I mean, I'm trying to do that in my sort of little community here in L.A., just having something and making it available for people that are interested because, honestly, it changed his lives. Like, my meetup changed my life, no doubt. Right. Um, so I'm just trying to provide that for other people too. Okay, I want to – before we go to Swift, I want to ask you one question at least, which is why programming? Like, what was it – About programming when you first started and and then still today um, because you said you're you had this shared computer your brother wasn't really into it ultimately but for whatever reason you were like what do you think it was initially uh, Mm. that made you excited about it that made you continue to
1: to do it today I guess even as a a kid I I always enjoyed creating things for whatever reason I just always had that, you know, I, 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 you know, I have so many good childhood memories, uh, playing, uh, with, with Legos. Uh, so yeah, totally building, creating things. Doesn't matter what, but just creating, um, always appealed to me. And then computers always appealed to me because, Hey, computers are pretty cool. Uh, and so I guess it was just a natural combination of the two. Um, and I don't know, maybe in, uh, in an alternative reality, if I was exposed to different things first, maybe I would still be a generalist, but would consider myself a designer and just dabble with programming on the site. I don't know. But, uh, but because I loved computers and I loved building things and that's what I was exposed to, uh, it got me hooked. And then once I was hooked, I just kept going and learning more and doing more things. And that's how it happened.
0: I mean, you're right in an alternative universe, you could have been a designer, but ultimately you're still programming today. And so right. there has to be something that is keeping you, you know, that, and, and I wonder what that is. It's, it's similar, I feel like for a lot of us developers, but I feel like each person kind of has like a unique take on it. And mm-hmm. I wonder what that is for you. Like, what is it about, is it just a job or is it a passion? I'm, I'm it sounds like it's a passion. And then why it is, is a passion. that? What do you? Yeah, what do you think that is? Why is that?
1: Well, I guess I'm I'm just the kind of person that that needs a lot of um intellectual stimulation. Right. <laughs> and and just um a, and programming is such a thing that where you you start creating more and more complex things and you hit those places where that really require that you you bend your brain and learn something new and restructure things so that it doesn't just all fall apart. That it doesn't just keep sticking with um, with duct tape, right? And so you, you have to keep learning and keep learning and stretching your uh, your skills, your your abilities as a programmer. And that's very intellectually satisfying. and And there's that, and there's the result. Like I I really care about. The stuff I am um, building um, at Nosby and and my own app and and stuff like that, and and programming is is the way for which I achieve that. Right, those are tools that I use every day, all the time, to get all of the stuff I am doing done. Right, I I need those tools, and so I want to build them too.
0: I, I wholeheartedly agree with the intellectual part. I have actually never thought about it that way, though, where when you come to a, a road where you need to increase your, your ability, right? Mm-hmm. You, have, you said kind of bend your mind around yeah. this new problem. Um, I mean, I've done that now that I'm thinking about it, but I've never thought about it that way, where you're actually kind of taking your capacity, your intellectual capacity sort of to the next level when you're taking your development skills to to another level to kind of get away from that duct tape like you said and that's really interesting and so the intellectual part I wholeheartedly agree and it sounds like there's also a creative aspect to it uh, when you said building something yeah Um, and for me it's definitely that as well and would you relate to that like the creative so it's very intellectually stimulating but then there is that creative uh, portion as well
1: exactly and I think that's very appealing to me. the The combination of both, um, me being a generalist, I love that. There's the the kind of hard um, the programming part, the engineering like stuff, where you have to learn new things and you you speak with code. Uh, but there's also this these other aspects that you create things, you 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 design things. Even if there's designers that design stuff, you. You're also kind of a, a part of that, uh, or at least, uh, or at least uh, I feel like I am, right? So, so you take part in in creation of this new thing, this this tool, a useful tool, but uh, you can shape it in so many ways, right? You can you can you can cut it uh, to be one thing or another thing, right? And and you're in this process of of creation and and decision making, and that's very appealing to me too.
0: Yeah. I love that. I I think it really helps to tell people that I mean, I for me, it was a really important part for me to realize that to understand what was it that I was feeling? And what was it about programming that really lit my brain and my heart, I would say my passion, Mm -hmm. you know, on fire. So I like, I like getting that across um, from every, you know, every guest that we have on the show. So thank you for sharing that. All right. So before we get to the swift portion of the episode, I want to take a moment and let everybody know out there that I got a new new job. I know um, a couple episodes ago, I mentioned that I got a new job. But during that process of, um, you know, applying for jobs, I I had an offer or I had an interview that was taking a little longer because it was more of like a big company. And uh, I worked at this uh, the first job, the first new job for you know three, four weeks. Um, but you know during that time, I got an offer that I literally could not refuse, too good to be true. So I took it. Um, and I just wanted to tell you guys that. but I, but more importantly, I wanted to thank Garo, who we had on the uh, podcast a few episodes ago, Yureev. And also Dominic um, specifically. Uh, there's a bunch of people in my life that helped me, but these three people specifically. So Yareev hooked it up with the the job uh, very directly. So he uh, was looking for a new job. People were recruiting him, and he put uh, he uh, told the recruiters to contact me. Now I met Yareev through my meetup. Yareev just came to my meetup. He became like a really awesome member. He was teaching us. So I didn't, you know, I didn't have this intention, right, of like creating a meetup so someone would give get me a job, right? I just did it because I wanted to create this community. But in a very direct way, Uribe uh, referred this job to me, and I just wanted to thank him for that and for his, you know, general support and mentorship over the, I don't know, last like six months that we've known each other. Now, Garo, Garo is a like a code coverage testing, like guru, and part of my assignment for getting this job was to to learn testing. And I contacted Garo and he really just, you know, schooled me and got me up to, to speed for me to complete my task, uh, which I did. I got an A-minus, so <laughs> so that was good. And then Dominic Hauser, who we also had on the episode, I uh, used some of his mocking NSURL session blog posts to um, basically learn about uh, one way to mock NSURL session, which I also uh, needed to use in that task. So I just want to say thank you to three to you three and uh, yeah thank you so much all right now back to radic radic how are you thank you for listening to that
1: I'm, I'm i'm glad you you got a great job
0: oh yeah life changing literally life changing so nice. i don't know if you're familiar but like i spent like it's been like two years almost literally changing my life around i went from lawyer to uber driver to now ios developer full-time so uh so yeah i feel amazing but yeah, yeah so and i'm glad to share that with you and and, and to have you here right now to you know to be in that energy, so yeah. <laughs> All right, so tell us about your experience with Swift. Um, from you know me outside looking in at you, you seem like a Swift genius. Um, I have seen you know I follow you on Twitter. I've seen some of your GitHub um, repositories that you you have up there, pretty advanced looking stuff. And then I saw your uh, Swift Summit talk where you talk about. Um, clarity with your code, Mm -hmm. but, uh, and we'll get into all that, but yeah, I mean, how did you, where did you come from? How did you, when did you start learning Swift and how did you get to where you are with it? I mean, (sighs) so you uh, just memorized the Swift book or something. no?
1: (laughs) No, no, no. Uh, first of all, I'm definitely not a Swift genius, uh, but I, I, I do enjoy it very much. Um, as for the story, well, I was, um, on WWDC two years ago. 2014 you were there yeah I was there oh my gosh that's awesome tell us about that yeah that was my first my only uh, time on WWDC so far uh though I'm going in a month also uh that was uh, my f- I, I didn't get a ticket so Ah, uh, that's a shame
0: yeah, yeah I might be up there though so maybe we'll see each other
1: that's very cool that's awesome um well I was there that was also my first time in the US actually um person still only
0: <laughs> nice
1: yeah uh, well, but anyway, I, I was there. I was sitting in like thirty row, <laughs> quite oh, far away.
0: It? Oh, that's far away? Okay. Right. I've well, never well, been, so.
1: It was like one third of the way. So. Okay. Oh, that's not
0: bad. <laughs> that, that's, that's a really
1: big place.
0: You could almost see Craig Federighi's hair from there.
1: Yeah, I could totally see Craig Federighi's hair. <laughs> <laughs> Craig Federighi's hair from there. <laughs>
0: yeah, it's a hard hard uh, name to say.
1: Yeah, Craig Federighi. Well, there you uh, go. Easier than mine.
0: Yeah, P. Pe- well, Trushevsky.
1: Perfect. <laughs>
0: All right, sorry. Go ahead.
1: So I was there. Uh, I was in the 34 when Craig uh, announced Swift, and I was like, "Oh wow. my god, what is happening?" Wow. And I was just super excited about that. And and then um, so that was the WWC week, and on Saturday that week, so a few days later. Um, while I was still in San Francisco, that, that was a day when I didn't have that much to do for different reasons. Um,
0: well, it's over at that point, right? Dub Dub is over.
1: Yeah, but I, I, was, I was still um, in the country for, for a few more days. And so I was there and I was like, well, let's just start reading the the book. And so nice. uh, on Saturday and then the next day, uh, well, on Saturday I started reading it and on Sunday I finished reading the official wow. book. Wow, wow. I was yeah, I, it it took me <laughs> those whole two days pretty much. Uh but I was just so excited to to learn and um I, I was kind of done with San Francisco at that point, so I, I didn't feel like doing doing anything else. Um so there was that. And then a few weeks later there was this awesome um hackathon in Poland in, in Kraków called um Swift Crunch. And Ooh. it was, it was less than a month after Swift was announced and there were like so many like great people, um, some names you would know, uh, like Ashfuro, uh, Cal Fuller was there, Boris Beking were there. Yeah. In Poland. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. So I, 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 met those, uh, those three then for the first time. Um, and I remember like that was the first time I, I wrote like real Swift code. I mean, not shipping Swift code, but more than just playing, Around with in the playground, I remember okay. me and Kyle Fuller. We made we made this tiny uh, library we called uh, CLI Kit, which was supposed to be this this tiny library to help you um, write like command line tools with Swift. <laughs> okay, I didn't know you could do that. Okay. Yeah, you kind of can. I mean, it wasn't that good. It didn't matter. It was just a hackathon. We were just playing around and learning Swift. That was the first real Swift we've made, right? Uh, right. But that was fun, and and then uh after that that point when it was like 2 months before iOS 8 was ready to ship uh I started working on iOS 8 features for the Nosby app and I did them in Swift and like ever since I was doing iOS 8 ready stuff I I did them in Swift and ever since then all of my new code uh at Nosby was made in Swift you
0: know a lot of people talk about Not adopting Swift over these last you know two years because of the instability, but it sounds like you went head first. And you know a lot of people talk about oh you know all these Swift changes they break my code and stuff like that. Now I can't really speak to it because I never had a a giant project with you know thousands of lines of code, but it always seemed pretty easy to me. It's like, do you want to migrate to the new version of Swift? Yes. And it changes most <laughs> of the things. And yeah, I had to like manually change a couple things. Now in your experience, was it was it that difficult? Some people would look at you and be like, What you're crazy. Like you'd have to change all this stuff. And I mean, was it true or are people sort of just like making making something up that's not really there or making it more than it really is?
1: I think like there is friction there, especially there was at the beginning. Uh, things have stabilized a lot since then, um, but there's definitely like some more work you have to do. You have to uh, be up to date. Sometimes you you hit a bug and you have to deal with that. Um, so it can hurt a little. Okay. Um, but you know if if you if you like Swift, if you're as enthusiastic about it as I am, and if you like the thing overall and and you believe in the benefits it gives you for your productivity and the maintenance long term of your code, then you can deal with it. Like as long as you, you know, I I I keep saying that um, it's actually kind of easier to use Swift in in production code than in side projects because when you write some Swift in a side project and leave it for half a year or a year, then you have a lot of work to catch to to catch up with that interesting but if you're always on top of the swift game, if you're always on the latest um you know build or or beta or 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 release whatever um then it's not that hard like you as you say you you hit the automatic um translation thing you play around to fix a few bugs and and that's it and yeah, so like li-
0: the, the sorry the biggest one I remember was just having to change like you didn't have to force downcast or Cast some things anymore. Like that was the biggest one I had to right, change. Right. I was like, okay, I had to delete a couple question marks.
1: Yeah, I think, I think like one, one, there was one circumstance that, um, that was really painful. Um, it took me like a day. I wasted a day because of Swift. Um, uh, oh, no. it, it was, it was like in 1.0 era, like it was okay. early. Uh, it's not what it is now, but I, I hit, I hit a bug in the compiler. Um, where the compiler would miscompile my code in, um, in optimized code. So when I tried it uh, in debug, like run it from Xcode into the simulator on my device, it worked, it was fine. Okay. But then I used the, the build server infrastructure uh, we have at Nozbe to to make builds and I test that and it's broken. But it's an optimized build, so I can debug it easily. And it took me a lot of time to figure out that it's a miscompilation because you, like you, you generally trust your compiler that, that if it compiles, then it's going to be good. And it was right. this really nasty bug where it wasn't. But it, it, was, it was a long time ago, and I haven't had anything close to that since. How do you overcome something like that? Oh, I just uh, changed up a few lines of code to express the same thing in in a different way. It was fine. Okay.
0: Sounds like a really complicated thing.
1: Well, just frustrating. That's all.
0: (laughs) Right on. So you started learning Swift from the very beginning, then, it sounds like. Mm -hmm. Uh, How do you feel now? It's been, what, it's almost three years now?
1: Two years, almost. It's
0: almost two years. Okay. So how do you feel, uh, you know, two years later uh, in terms of your ability and in terms of like where the language has gone, you know, in this
1: two years? There was a lot of stuff missing or broken at 1.0. Uh, just things that you could tell that they should have been there, but just weren't. And most of that stuff has been fixed since then. Um, we've had a lot of just general improvements to the language to the type system um, that make it more com- complete more what it is supposed to be from the start and so uh, it's much more mature now there are still things that are missing uh, things that will be in Swift 3 or in the future but I feel like um, it's like pretty good for just about anyone well it, maybe if you're in a big organization, it might be difficult. There are some, uh, some problems like, um, you know, it doesn't compile as fast or, or you can't make a, uh, a static library, just things like that. But for most developers, it's good. And in, in Swift 3.0, it's going to be really nice.
0: I've heard from a lot of people, uh, especially like podcast hosts and things, that they're maybe going to start looking at it uh, when Swift 3.0 comes out or maybe this summer. Yeah when they preview Swift 3, if, if they do that. Uh, I, do you, I do. I,
1: I think that will be a, a good time. Uh, if someone hasn't um, picked up Swift by now, Swift 3 would be a good point to start because Swift 3 will change a lot. Uh, I mean, not fundamentally, but uh, there's like stuff with uh, rewriting how APIs are translated from Objective-C to Swift and there's just going to be a lot of uh, just... Uh, changed lines of code and and a lot of more things will be completed and uh swift 3.0 is supposed to be um um stable in terms of the abi which means that um it probably won't have to ship with the swift Swift libraries in your code and it will be just uh compatible uh for the future and backwards it just there's a source, lot source of-
0: source compatible is one thing I heard. I don't entirely understand what that means, but that was one thing I heard that's important, that, that it will be source compatible soon. Uh
1: well, it will be binary compatible. Source compatible. Well, with Swift 3, the the biggest changes are supposed to be there with Swift 3 so that Swift 4 uh breaks little, as little as okay. possible, right? Okay. So that Swift 4 can focus on adding awesome new stuff, but not breaking stuff. Uh, but the big thing is binary, um, binary, uh, compatibility so okay. that, uh, it's just more future proof and more kind of mature and stable. And it, it, it's a good thing. <laughs> so I've
0: never played around with the, uh, Swift tool chains, like the unreleased sort of like the beta Swift. I've only like, I downloaded it one time. I tried to, to mess around with it, but I, you know, I, I focused on some other stuff, but I did see someone writing some, I think Swift 3.0 or whatever is like beyond the current Swift 2.0. And I saw some of the new style, um, you know, they released the style guidelines, but I actually saw some of the APIs in action where like, instead of saying, you know, animate for duration parentheses, you just say like, I think it was just like animate. Right. And it would, and it's like, they're shortening the, the naming. Um, have you played around with that at all? I'm really kind of I'm excited for that. Like anything that kind of makes it less verbose, I feel like as long as as you yeah. mentioned it, clarity, it's still clear. Um, I'm kind of excited for that. So have you?
1: I played haven't around with that at all? really played around with it. I only played around with Swift three uh, briefly when I was making okay. my uh, libraries uh, Swift package manager compatible, but I really didn't have time to play around with the tool chain. But I I did. Um, Take part in the whole conversation that that changed those APIs, the Objective C translation, um, and I, I, I think I, I helped a little bit in in, in in the discussion and and how it now looks. Um, and I'm 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 really satisfied with that. Like I, as you mentioned, I I did this talk on Swift Summit about naming things uh, and clarity, and I think it really goes in the right direction. It removes. Uh, the verbosity of Objective-C removes all of the stuff that doesn't matter, that doesn't convey any real information and just cuts it out and translate the Objective-C n- names so that you're only left with the, the stuff that really matters, that, that really says something um, useful.
0: So wait, did you say you participated in the Swift Evolution talks, like the proposals and the talk, the, all the dialogue through the mailing list? Uh, a little bit, yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Okay, so how do you do that exactly? You just email
1: back or you subscribe to the mailing list and then okay. you get on on your email all of the emails in the in the threads in the conversation. And then if you want to participate, you just reply and say what you have to say. If you may want to make your own pitch, then you you send an email to to the mailing list, make a pitch. If people like it, you can go ahead and write a a proposal or a formal proposal with the, the Swift Evolution template and uh, make a pull request on, on GitHub. Have you made any proposals? Uh, no. Um, I made, I think, one or, or two pitches, but um, people didn't seem particularly um, interested in them, so I, I didn't go forward uh, with them. But I, I, there were some, like, there. there's a lot of traffic on Swift Evolution, and for the last two weeks, I just didn't have energy to go through that, but for a while, I was closely monitoring it, and uh, there's some topics I don't care that much about, like, I know that others can figure it out, but there were some topics that really uh, tickled my brain, uh, like, related to to naming and clarity, uh, because I'm, that's just something I'm perhaps particularly um, uh, into, and so yeah. I, I participated in those conversations.
0: No, I'm glad you did, too, because I really... I understood your talk, and uh, I I agreed with it, and so I'm glad you did participate in the Swift evolution, at least in, on those you know that portion. Um, I'm like you. I over the last like I'd say actually longer, maybe a couple months, I haven't been following the the mailing list. I try to follow it a little bit. I downloaded this app, this uh, iOS app called Charter. I know mm-hmm. there's like a Mac app called like. Harundi or something. I, I've been meaning to download that. And I, and I was reading, following along a little bit, but I just, I don't know if that's really my place yet. I like, you know, kind of keeping up with it. Um, but I do subscribe to the Swift we- weekly brief by Jesse Squires or Squires, however you say his name.
1: Yeah. I, I, I love this. Uh, and because like, again, um, uh, Swift Evolution, like participating in Swift Evolution directly and seeing all of those emails and especially that it's a mailing list. It's, it's quite a um, blunt tool when you have right? a lot of emails. So it's kind of like drinking from a fire hose and you have to be really strong to withstand the, the pressure. Uh, and so for the last few weeks, uh, I, I've been mostly following the conversation through uh, Jesse's uh, write-ups and I, I really enjoyed them
0: yeah I don't know how he does it, man. That seems like a lot of stuff to cover in. I feel like it's been more and more like each week the stuff he includes it's been getting more and more so it like must be very active um on there you know the uh, all the proposals and the and the back and forth and all that uh
1: well I'll, I'll tell you I'll open my mail client. I have right now one thousand nine hundred and ninety three unread uh emails from the the Swift Evolution uh, mailing list Wow. Yeah, wow, I'm I'm deaf. I'm declaring email b- bankruptcy in in this thread. <laughs>
0: no, but I like what you said too. Like, you're not necessarily following or feel like you need to participate in every portion. But there was that one portion that was interesting to you because yeah. I don't think that I don't think it's really my place yet. Maybe maybe I don't I don't have any ideas or uh, or have anything to add yet. But I also like the fact that it is open and Jesse, I think, does a really good job of um, like every week in his weekly brief, he says, like, um, submit a pull request or something like that. Mm -hmm. And he has like these starter tasks, right, where you can go in and just like fix typos and stuff. Anyways, I want to participate in that stuff at some point when I have a little bit more time. Right now, I've been more focused on just like catching up, you know?
1: Yeah, that's really hard for me because I want to participate. I want to... Not just build stuff with uh with Swift, but I want to participate in the community. And for me, writing the blog post and sometimes tweeting about it is um one medium for me to do that. But I also if I can want to participate more directly uh through Swift Evolution, but it just it's just a lot. And uh, like for me, I, I just wish it was easier to uh to participate it in a more lightweight way that I can I can more easily get to threads that might be interesting to me, but uh, be able to filter out the stuff I'm not so interested about um, because doing that through mail app is just impossible.
0: Have you checked out the Harundi app for Mac? Uh, Not really, no. Harundo or Harundi or something. It means Swift in Japanese, I think. Hmm. So basically it's a Mac client where it allows you to participate or follow along. I haven't downloaded it, but that might be that might be something to check out if you are sort of wanting to participate but you're sort of the barrier you know because of the mail application like that being a barrier you might check that out but yeah i think i think maybe it's just not like everyone doesn't have to participate right like your no. play like you find value you add value and you give back to the community in your way by writing blog posts by being on this podcast by having your own podcast by having your Swift libraries, you know, I give back through my meetup through this podcast. Um, But I do have this feeling of like, I want to stay abreast, I want to participate. But we need to balance that.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: So I want to talk, we're sort of talking about community. So I want to I want to talk more about that, actually, because you went to Swift Summit. So can you tell us like when that was and what that was like? Where was it? Why did you go? How did how did you end up there? All that kind of stuff.
1: Right, so let me see. Um, so that was the original Swift Summit. Uh, that was in London um, last year in March. So that was March 2015. And how did I get invited there? I actually don't remember. Uh, oh, I know. Um, um, Morgan, uh, Morgan Evitts, he is the organizer of t- Swift London Meetup. Um, he's also... Like yourself, um, into Swift, um, kind of new to the whole thing, but wants to to create and participate in the community. So he made his meetup, right? That's and, awesome. And he is uh, he he has uh, and had at the time a very active um, uh, Twitter account called Well Swift London, where he would uh, tweet uh, like a lot of Swift stuff, Swift articles from other people, and I guess he just somehow find found my my articles and uh, he tweeted some of them and, and I I got a lot of traffic to my site uh, from Swift London account. And so I, I knew that uh, Swift London was being organized and it sounded like a really awesome conference. So I just showed him an email and I was like, Hey, um, would you be interested if I talk about that? Uh, And the talk was actually based on, like, it it was a a refinement of an article I already had on my site and an article that SwiftLine has tweeted about. So I was like, would it be cool if I made a a talk version of that? And Morgan was like, yeah, let's do it. And so uh, that was pretty much my first uh, public speaking gig. That's awesome.
0: How long was the summit? Was it one day or was it multiple days?
1: Uh, that was, uh, I believe the weekend. So that was two days. And the
0: room looked pretty big. It seemed like there was at least a hundred people, if not more.
1: Yeah. I don't know how many people were there, but I would guess maybe 200. Wow. That's awesome. And you're saying Morgan, I
0: mean, I'm sure he had help, but he put this together and he was just a new kind of new to Swift guy.
1: Uh, yeah. Uh, he put the conference together with, um, two other people. Um, Oh, I'm so sorry. I I forgot the, their names at, at the moment, but um, but they um went on to create um the Swift Summon San Francisco um version, um so yeah,
0: that's awesome. No, I, I, I'm excited to hear that because I want to create a conference here in Los Angeles, and uh you know maybe someone will come here and, and make one. You know you see Natasha did Tokyo now she's doing NYC try yeah, Swift, yeah. maybe she'll come to LA, but. Uh, ultimately, I I don't know, I've always had this kind of, or not, you know, recently, maybe over the last like year and a half or something, had this desire to create a conference. But so what was it like going there? What was so Swift was new, right? So it was Swift was released June 2014. So when was the summit? It seemed like it was that fall or something.
1: No, it was March 2015. So it wasn't okay, new. So almost a
0: year later. Uh,
1: yeah, less than a year. Yeah.
0: Okay. So what was uh, what was it like being there? What was the energy like? Uh, who did you meet? What did it feel like being there amongst all these people?
1: Oh yeah, it was it was amazing. Um, like after it was one of my first kind of real conferences I've been to. Um, so like I, I was still new to that thing. I I I didn't know too many people there. Um, but you went by yourself. Yeah, um, well, mostly <laughs> there's a long story there, but for the conference, yeah, I, I met myself and and I met so many awesome people um, uh, at the conference uh, among the attendees and with the speakers. I uh, Well, there were many great people. Um, there was, uh, let's see, uh, th- there was Boris there, Kyle Fuller, um, Javier Soto, uh, Alex Akers, Brian Jisiak, many other. Um, well-known oh, wow. people in the Swift community. And, oh, there was uh, Chris Eidhoff. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, some some other uh, folks too. And uh, it was it was really awesome meeting them,
0: yeah. Did you get a chance to hang out with them?
1: Yeah, a little bit, yeah.
0: That's good. So what was the energy like in the room, though?
1: Uh, <laughs> the energy was there, <laughs> let's just say. And, uh, you know, the, the conference was structured so that there was a lot of, um, place for people to then like hang out and talk about those topics, I guess. That's awesome. And, and you could, people were excited about that. (laughs)
0: That's good. Yeah. Yeah. It's great to be able to just meet everybody and talk and that's where, you know, everyone shares that energy. I'm sure it was a really exciting room and, you know, and everybody can kind of share and exchange the ideas and the energy. That's really great.
1: Yeah, and uh, it was very exciting to me uh, to be a speaker there because um, before that I I did one um, short talk uh, on a on a, a smaller meetup in in Poland. Uh, well, it was a hackathon actually, the the second uh, version of of Swift Crunch I mentioned before. But um, there weren't that many people there, and then it was like speaking in front of like two hundred people. That was a very new experience to me. And it went, it went fine and it was just so, so exciting to, to have like so many people then come up to me and, and talk about those ideas and want to discuss those ideas more. That was very awesome. I want
0: to ask you about Poland, like the meetup scene or the iOS developer scene. Is there anything like that out there? Are there a lot of iOS developers where you live or maybe in the bigger cities uh, do you go into any meetups out there?
1: Where I live, no. Um, but in bigger cities, for sure, um, there's definitely stuff happening in Warsaw. Um, there's, I think, two uh, biggest meetups that are relevant to us. Uh, there's Mobile Warsaw, uh, which is for well iOS and Android people, but mostly iOS people. Um, and there's uh, Swift Warsaw, which is is very cool. Um, the 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 last addition, um, had, uh, had, had Natasha. Um, oh, wow, talk she about, came. yeah. I talk about watch stuff. Uh, I was there talking about dependent types and there was like so many awesome people, like all of Poland's Swift community was there. Wow. That's so cool. When was that? Uh, that was in, in March. Late oh, March. that's
0: cool. So was it far for you to travel or?
1: Oh no, it's just uh two hour by train.
0: Okay, cool. So and you got to what was your talk? Did you give a similar talk or a different one?
1: No, it it was something else. I I talked about um well the idea is like Swift is a a compiled language, right? It has a right. it has strong typing. It has a, a a strong type system. So you can leverage the compiler to make guarantees. Like the compiler can do some of the work for you. It can ensure that certain conditions are met always not at runtime but at compile time and i was kind of trying to explore some more advanced kind of less obvious less known about ideas about how you can leverage the compiler more to do work for you to ensure things to guarantee that certain things are true so that you don't have to worry about them you don't have to like test them manually it's it's a thing Mm -hmm. that's guaranteed
0: yeah, you know at compile time that, you know, this will only be an int. It will only ever be an int. There's no way for it to be anything else besides an int.
1: Exactly. Like that. Or yeah.
0: I'm sure there's more advanced sort of iterations or applications of that. Is that
1: recorded? that um, talk? I it was recorded, but I I think there was some problem with video recording and the talks are not online. But I okay. I'm, I'm going to to do another Kind of longer and refined version of of this talk, um, most likely after WWDC on and Budapest.
0: Oh whoa! You're going to so is that a is that a meetup or is that a conference? Uh,
1: that is that is a, a meetup. Uh, a local um, you know iOS people meetup in Budapest. Uh, that's in up,
0: Romania, right?
1: That's in Hungary.
0: Oh Hungary, sorry, Hungary. Yeah. Yes. Oh, uh, what, what am I thinking? Nadia Komenich and uh, Tatiana from Bud- Budapest. You know, Nadia Komenich, the famous uh, gymnast. No? I got that. Anyways, thing. maybe I'm too old. <laughs> maybe I'm a little older. <laughs> oh, man. And it's Budapest. That's cool. So you're going to, do you think that'll be recorded?
1: Uh, yeah, for sure. I mean, <laughs> I hope so.
0: <laughs> That's awesome. And then, but if not, you could always give that talk. Because that sounds like a really interesting talk. You could, as you said, kind of refine it and then give that at a conference or something.
1: Yeah, for for sure. And I I know that many of my previous um, speaking things were were refinements of the same talk, right? I am sorry, can you hear that?
0: Yeah, your tea is boiling. Yeah, I can't wait to go have my my morning <laughs> tea.
1: Okay, I I started with this um, article called "Swifty Methods," which is about clarity and naming things and then i made a, a talk at a meetup then on swift um uh, i'm sorry uh swift summit then on 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 some local meetups and then i did a similar thing with another article of mine and then i i made this talk on on uh, swift war so I'm probably going to again re- refine it and and share it with other audiences in other cities and maybe on some larger conference too and maybe make it into a blog post but that's you know, awesome.
0: I can't wait to to see it or hear it or, or learn from it. You know I, I sorry, go ahead.
1: <laughs> sorry. Yeah, no, you, go ahead. You know, it's like I I want to contribute to the community, but it's like hard. Like there isn't that much time to do that. there's like a fair margin on the sides to contribute like that. And so I I try to um, kind of make the 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 most bang out of my buck, and so I I, I tend to often like uh, make a blog post and make make a talk and maybe also make a a, a related um, library on GitHub, and then like I can I can share the most um, kind of reusing those same parts, and with, with the, each iteration or or each medium, some new people will learn that and hopefully enjoy that, uh, but I, I can like contribute the most, uh, having as little time as I have. Yeah. I know exactly what you mean by,
0: you said sort of like most bang for your buck. Like the way I kind of understand that is like being able to kind of, kind of help the most people, you know, as possible. And what you can do that with yes. a medium like a podcast or a blog or a video, but I sort of have this tension because I get the most, um, energy and motivation to do something when it's very direct, person to person. And so that's why I'm able to create these meetups uh, and have a podcast, right? Because I'm talking to you. Luckily, I can throw this podcast online and millions of people could potentially, you know, hear it. But like the meetup is very, you know, small. There's only a limited number of people here in Los Angeles that can. So it's like a tension that I'm trying to kind of, and I feel like a conference could possibly be a little bigger right but it'd still be right. limited but yeah I, I, there is that attention for me because I'm more of like a community like direct person-to-person kind of guy but I've been trying to like use this energy that I'm giving I'm giving this energy every week my meetup meets every week you know but I want to be able to give it to other people so that's why I tell through the podcast like hit me up you know on Twitter I'll see if I can help you but uh, yeah so and I, I I get what you're saying for sure
1: yeah the the good thing about uh, meetups or conferences is that uh, there there's the energy uh, in the room and people talking after the talks, but the talks themselves are often very valuable. And when they're uh, recorded and put on YouTube, then a lot more people can can then watch them and and get something out of them. So yeah,
0: yeah, I was recording my meetups actually uh, when we would learn something, uh, you know, if if it were like focused on the computer. I would record that and put it on on Google, like a Google Hangout. I might get back into that. So I I, I was going to actually um, try to go to AltConf, you know, and I, and I submitted to be a speaker. They didn't accept me. But the reason I'm mentioning it is I wanted to ask you, see what your thoughts were. Um, I submitted a talk which would be more of like a non-technical talk of like just telling my story as like a motivational piece to like uh, new people people that are interested in joining the community and becoming, um, developers. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think like, were, were there a lot of talks like that? Or were there at least some talks like that? Like non-technical talks, um, at Swiss summit. And like, did you get value from those?
1: Um, there were some, uh, um, I, I don't remember the exact details, but, but there was at least one talk, which, which was, uh, I think something about education. Uh, I'm sorry. I, I don't re- remember the the details. It wasn't, Particularly um, relevant to me, right? So okay. I I I don't remember the details because it wasn't for me, I guess. But right, right. Uh, But it was about something broader than than just writing code, right? And right. I I think there's definitely use in that. Um, I guess the problem that you might have on a conference is that um, if if it's something that's not very targeted towards people that are already developers, then you yeah. might not reach them at a conference itself because the people already there are that's people who are point. probably experienced at least a little bit, right? But uh, but then online, the talk can, can be very valuable.
0: Right, right. I guess maybe for them, it would be like to put themselves out there to make themselves available because I could not have got uh, you know, I, I couldn't have been I, I couldn't have, you know, achieved this success without like the community that I created around me. And that community was made available to me. Right. Like I went out and found it, but then right. they were open to it, especially the people who became my mentors, the, the more experienced and advanced people. And so to people who are developers already who are out there, uh, if you can definitely mm-hmm. go out there and make yourself available to people. Uh, who are less experienced as you because um, you can change lives. And that's sort of maybe how I could twist it to, to be more relevant. But I totally understand what you're saying. I, I appreciate that. For sure. All right. So we have gone over our allotted one-hour time. Uh, but that's fine because when conversations are good, we kind of have to just let them happen. And I just – I really – Uh, appreciate you coming on today and you know time flies when when you're having fun but before we go i want to do two things where can people contact you online if at all
1: um well you can find me mostly on on twitter mostly hang out there i'm i'm radxp r-a-d-e-x-p on twitter um and you can find my writing on radix.io. um yeah and you can find my email on my site so
0: all right awesome thank you for that okay and before we go, one piece of advice for people learning Swift go <laughs> That's a hard one. One little little piece of advice
1: Well, Swift is a kind of language that like it, it's a it's a complex language, as in there's a lot of pieces to it, and you're not going to learn. All of it at once and and that's fine right you, you don't you, you won't understand everything that's online that uses some of its most advanced features um, you know right off the bat, but it's fine um, Swift is also a language that you can just start with it and and make simple things using the its simple features and then with time you learn things, right? You, you, you learn those more advanced features and you see how useful they are and how to apply them. But, you know, when, when you see things online that you don't, you don't yet get, um, that's fine. You know, uh, it, it takes time. So, uh, you know, don't worry about it and, and just keep practicing, keep making things, keep writing Swift and you'll get there.
0: I totally agree. Uh, For me, I didn't put any pressure on myself to try to learn Swift's most advanced advanced features. You know, people talked about functional programming, for instance, and that was like supposed to be some advanced thing. I didn't, you know, I didn't put pressure on myself to learn that. I was aware of it. And so when you do come across a blog post that you think might be too advanced, well, feel free to skim it since you're already there. That way when you come to it again, you already have a little bit of knowledge about it. But yeah, focus on the small, the the more basic stuff and work your way up. And now I actually am working with more advanced things and and it makes sense to me. So I, I totally agree. That's a really that's a really good piece of advice. So thank you for that. All right, Radic, thank you so much for spending your Sunday evening with us, for sharing your story you you know you came from just having a shared computer with your brother and taking it over and you know playing with like a WYSIWYG html editor i think right Uh and then you created a mac app and you sent it to this guy in poland who didn't really necessarily need the mac app but he needed a mac developer and you started working for him and and then you know you were at dub dub when swift was announced and you went full force you read the swift book in like a 24 hours and yeah. you know, and you are just a huge part of the SWIFT community. Um, please keep doing that um, and, and yeah, because it really, you know, making yourself available, using, you know, putting, putting it out there, what you're learning, it really does help people. Um, and I, I can say that wholeheartedly, like honestly, because without everyone out there that was giving back, I could not be where I am now. So yeah, so thank you, keep doing that. And yeah, thank you for sharing your story with us today.
1: Thank you so much for inviting me and keep doing your work.
0: Thank you. I, I will. And that's the show, ladies and gentlemen. I hope you enjoyed listening to the final episode of Season 1 of the Swift Coders Podcast. I'm taking a break for WWDC and for a little summer vacation. Episode 1 of Season 2 airs July 13th. Feel free to share the show with a friend, leave a review on iTunes, or recommend us on Overcast. If you have any questions, comments, or you just want to say hi, contact me on Twitter. Until next time, go swiftly, my friends. Petchewski. Did I say oh. that right? Um. Pet. Pietru Pietru, Pietru- Shevsky. Yeah, <laughs> close Piet- enough. Yeah, Pietru Pietru Shevsky. <laughs> oh, Very okay. good. Piet Pietru Shevsky. Pietru Pietru Shef- Piet Pietru Very that well. good? Yeah, Radek that's good. Pietru Shevsky. Pietru Shefsky. All right, let me start that over real quick. I'm your host, Garrick, and today's guest is radic Petr. <laughs> oh man, okay, we're just gonna have to go with it.